Ba-da-da-da. Welcome to Fourth Time's the Charm, where niches need. I am your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt, your head of catering, Monty, and joining us today is our guest star, Kyle. We're here to talk about more black metal. We're here to talk about some horror movies. We're still feeling spooky. Whoa! We are now in the run-up to Thanksgiving. Hey, Although I'm pretty I suppose thankful for black metal. Although I suppose, you know, the greatest Thanksgiving movie of all time is The Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's pretty spooky, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> fine with this development. You know, uh, so, let's so let's we go around the room. Matt, how are you doing? I, I'm doing excellent. I, I recently read an article about Henry Selleck bitching about how more people don't recognize him for his role in Nightmare Before Christmas, though I will say I think that Monkey Bone's a better movie. I... I haven't seen Monkey Bone recently enough to form an opinion, but it's up there at least. It's it's more inventive than 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 Nightmare Before Christmas. Sure, more inventive doesn't mean better. Necessarily. No, I just I was just being a contrarian. Ah, okay. But I uh, feel let's... like I feel like Abath in the woods. Happy. Matt seems like he's trying to start something, so it seems like we need a little bit of that shea butter, Monty. Calm down, down. What's going yeah, on in your neck on. of the woods, brother? Monty, I need your KY jelly nature. Ah. Yeah, what's, what, what's going on, bud? What's new? It's all good. I'm chilling and got some time off last week, so oh, I'm fully refreshed. It's a staycation, but I managed to catch up on my sleep. Hey, staycations but, yeah. are some of the greatest things in the world. Sometimes, sometimes when you go on a vacation, don't you just need a vacation from your vacation? <laughs> uh, so, like, like <laughs> as, as someone who, while growing up... Uh, at least once a month traveled across the country for wrestling shows. I definitely believe in that. No, that's good. No, that makes me feel better. <laughs> I, I, there, I feel like, uh, all, all I cared about was sleep and I got a lot of it. So. One of the, yeah, one of the other things outside of a staycation that's amazing is a vacation where you stay with a friend. I think that's like uh, like the the middle ground. Like if you can be in a foreign city than the one you live in, but staying at a friend's house, that ha- or like apartment or whatever, that has like a certain kind of relaxation that's grander than even than some other kind of like hotel vacations. You know what? I was planning to go over to visit my god sister mm-hmm. and hang out there, but. I was just so exhausted that I just ended up staying home all three days that I was off. So. Good Hell man, yeah. I got, yes. I got, I got, I got the entire week leading up to Thanksgiving off. So I am Jeez. fucking pumped. Well, I know if I was ever to stay in Illinois, one of the people <gasps> I'd want to stay with would be Kyle. Kyle, Hello. what's up? How's it going, guys? So I thought I was the sound boy, not the special guest. <laughs> Yeah, I know. He's right. Yeah, this is a continuity error, Ben. Special what guest a shitty guy. producer. I mean, yeah. God damn it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the podcast weekly, you'd think that too, probably. No, hey, no. I think the podcast is beautifully produced. It's fucking You know right, what? You for is, what it's worth, I think Kyle has a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that, that, that was that's, never that's, disputed. You know, yeah. look, look, look. We, we, we're listening to a lot of bands that have some white supremacy involved. <laughs> we don't need this Asian supremacy coming onto the podcast. Hey, hey, hey what's that supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> the first time Kyle gets complimented on air, and I'm just saying it wasn't from Ben or I. Oh, it feels good. Well, see, that's why I'm Shea Butter. 
true. True. You're serving you're serving your catering purposes. <laughs> so before we get into the bulk of today's episode, I would like to remind everyone if you would like to be our biggest fan, please, Ooh, for the love of fucking okay. God, rate us five stars <laughs> on iTunes. Like, fuck guys. Like just someone. I just, know we get listens. So we, like I see on SoundCloud. Reviews. We we get we get listens. We're getting some reviews, but not everyone who's listened has has given us a review. Not everyone who weekly listens gives us a review. If yeah. you just do it, you have a one hundred percent chance of us like fawning over you for five minutes a week. Okay. Do you, do you, do you know who my current favorite listener is? Yourself. It's Kyle. No, it's Yourself. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle is one of the few people. Who regularly has uh, a response to each given episode that every time I see him, he has like something to say about the episode, whether it's something short of just like, oh, that's nice. That was nice. Or like, you didn't, you didn't mention this or like, oh, I wish you guys had blah, blah, blah. Like he always has something constructive to say. So I literally had a laundry list. I literally had a a laundry list from last week. (laughs) Okay, Kyle, we didn't have time. Wait, do we still have the contest going on? Uh, no, we we did that while you were off oh, last week. Wow. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. No. No. You're good. Uh, Johnny JB won. Uh, he Woo! has not claimed or picked his prize yet. Ooh. So, Come so on. Johnny. Johnny, well, let me know, pal. Johnny, uh, Johnny left a great review. Yeah, Johnny, man. But, uh, he deserves you know, something. You know, now waiting, is the time to do waiting it. here for you. <laughs> Um, well, it seems like everyone has a little extra something to add this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle has his notes from last week. Uh, Monty, I know, has a trailer he was very excited about. Matt's happy to be here, but I'll get us started. Um, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, uh, last night from date of recording, so on oh. Sunday, November 6th, had an excellent uh, show at the Globe Theater in downtown Los Angeles. Just a few highlights. Um, Bandito is like the next Lucha superstar. He, in the he's making. also all elite. Okay, True. yeah, but but you don't understand. Dude speaks like good English. Oh, thank God. Nice. I didn't I didn't know this before, but he cut a promo after what was an incredible six man tag match uh, because it served as the introduction of Latigo um, and Commander who was the real highlight of the match. I, I posted uh, uh, some images of him in our Instagram story, uh, and I know I sent you guys some video of him. Yep, and, Dude and is sh- insane. Shout Legitimately, out to him for sharing the post on his page as well. Yeah, he sprinted across the top rope to do a side-flipping moonsault like an absolute madman. I was actually talking to him after his match, and he killed it. And the people in front of me, they go up to him with a baggie filled with $20 bills what? so they could buy his mask from the match. They were so Holy wildly impressed shit. by him. Yeah. Wow. Did, it, did he actually sell it to him? Yeah. That's awesome. Is well, that like and, a thing? And it, and, well, it was, at, yeah, masks are very popular. Uh, Penta was... and Phoenix own Republic of Lucha in, um, uh, and I think Pasadena, and that's a great way to get uh, official masks 
They're the same quality as the ones, sometimes ring-worn ones, worn by some of the greatest luchadors in the world. But Bandito cut a wonderful promo talking about how he loves PWG because they give opportunities and they give big platforms to uh, luchadors who are looking to make it out of Mexico. And he was talking about how, you know, given what they pay in Mexico, you guys don't understand how important it is that they have platforms like PWG. So it was a really nice moment. Stu Grayson uh, looked good. Uh, I love Stu Grayson. Happy for him. Leo Rush and Mike Bailey killed it on the show. Leo Rush almost beat the shit out of some drunk fat guy, which was awesome. <laughs> oh, that's always Beautiful. a good time. Um, nice. Cro- crowd-based violence is always what I go for. Yeah, they were assholes too. They deserved it. Uh, Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich, both Impact Women's Wrestlers, they fucking killed each other and it was awesome i mean we're talking flipping pile drivers power bombs like they beat the piss out of each other it was great and in the main event probably the quietest main event i've ever heard oh no uh daniel garcia beat jonathan gresham and i loved it and i feel like i was the only one because it's like I, you know, I've been watching all this old wrestling from the 70s and 80s, and Garcia wrestles a similar vein to them. So oh, when okay. I'm, so I'm watching him like pivot his foot around, or or aim up for leverage, or adjust his body slightly mm-hmm. so he can't make the ropes. And so it's like that attention to detail is amazing. Yeah, but no one around me gave a shit. So oh, that's it sad. did not fall on deaf ears to me. I yeah, just you need were, you guys you to know that. And also it, Davey Richards sucks. Fuck it. <laughs> Bores me to tears. Yeah, well, you know, what what doesn't bore me to tears is whatever trailer Monty watched this week. Monty, why don't you tell us about that? Fuck okay. Davey Richards. I just realized that this is not a most recent film that came out. Doesn't matter. It's I, I just was like on my day off, I was just scrolling through Netflix and I saw a trailer for a, re- a movie that's coming soon to Netflix. It's called The Vanishing and I'm now looking oh. at it. The film actually w- was a 2018 film, but I'm not sure if it was, you know, officially released. Now, the reason why I think that you'll be very interested in this, Matt, is because we talked about this movie the real yeah, the okay. true story that's oh, about dude. the the flannan isle lighthouse unsolved oh, oh, mystery yes 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 right and yeah and it stars gerald butler and yeah man i'm, I'm kind of stoked about this i'm not it's sure the, if so, you heard about so for the fans who don't remember it's it's arguably the it, the true story of this event is what is partially what inspired the lighthouse by robert edgar's Mm-hmm, who, um, mm-hmm. because the only th- this this famous lighthouse out in the middle of like the north east of the united states um there was like a wicked storm that came through and a sh- and the regular relief wasn't be able to be provided for the island and when people finally got there everyone was gone there wasn't a body left on site and all there were were journals that were written up as these men were going mad and trapped on the island and no one has any idea what happened to him? No bodies ever washed up. Nothing. Zero evidence. You're talking um, about the 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 movie, or you're talking about the the case, the actual case. That's what happens in real life. I, I assume the same thing happens in the movie. 
Um, but that that story alone inspired um, the lighthouse, and then this movie from 2018 seems to have also been inspired by like a similar source. Yeah, oh, it's got Paul Mullen, Gerard Butler, Emma King. Oh, Gary Lewis, hell yeah, I like Gary Lewis. A lot of Scots in this film, but yeah, yeah no, I didn't. Have you heard about this film? Or no, I am think I, the I, one behind I, like on this one this is like embarrassing I, now. <laughs> I just no no i don't story. no i don't i don't know this at all i haven't seen this i've i only know the story of the island from yeah watching yeah. all of the featurettes for the lighthouse i don't know if i trust a movie with gerard butler in it gerard butler's great yeah bad. gerard butler's great gerard butler's choice of films isn't necessarily all right, great. All right well let's look at his top films in i'm to be 300 arguably a great movie i'll give hey, it i a, used to be neighbors with the guy who got kicked down the well in in 300 that's <laughs> that's sad thinking about where you've lived yeah. well, <laughs> hey, he was uh he was the main uh main star in midnight texas texan vampires wow well he gerard butler was also in the two, he also played the phantom in the 2004 version of phantom of the opera yeah Man, wow, okay. I can't wait to not watch that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, actually, was, you know what? Actually, he he actually did really well in that film. Oh, really? I think yeah. I think I've seen I'll it. Had, for it. It had zero idea that it was uh, Gerard Butler. <laughs> it's a decent movie. He did yeah. he did a great. I don't know. Great's probably the wrong word, but he did a very entertaining movie. Uh, back in the day called Gamer. Did anyone Did anyone else see yes. Gamer? Nope. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty good. It's basic. Ben, have you ever seen Death Race? Yes. So the, the premise of Death Race is bringing gladiatorial combat back to to convicts through. I'm sorry, no. Car I races. haven't. I haven't watched Death Race. I played the Death Race video game. <laughs> All right. Well, and and that and in Death Race, you you know, convicts are sent to race in games of death as a way of getting out of their life sentences or their death sentences. And this one. They're mind-controlled video game players who are also death row convicts, and yeah. it's like, and it's basically Doom, with with Gerard Butler and Michael C. Hall and Ludacris. It's a fucking ridiculously good movie. It's kind of like Counter Strike, and then you got a kid controlling everything uh, the convict is doing through, and it has to win the yeah. game. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept, but the thing is, what? it was fun. It was a fun movie. It's not a great movie, but the, it was fun. The, the the key to it is that if you go on IMDb and look through the top photos for the movie, one of the first <laughs> thing that comes up is one of those trio DVD packs from Walmart <laughs> containing <laughs> Law Abiding Citizen, Gamer, and Universal Soldier Three, which stars the Indomitable. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, that's Van Damme, John Claude Van Damme. GCBG. You realize who isn't Scott? Who was in the that? original Universal Soldier, right, Matt? Uh, yeah, I do. I am aware. That's right, Bill Goldberg. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> Wait, lo- that's the sequel, isn't it? What Universal? Well, Universal Soldier was 1992, which was with uh, John Claude Van Damme. Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Uh, and no one else in the movie matters. Yeah. That's the Goldberg's one that I remember. in the sequel that came out in, I think, 99. With Michael Jai White, I think. Yeah, that sounds yeah. Man, right. There's, there's also a fourth one called Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Can we do a Universal <laughs> Soldier marathon? Yes. Yes, we can. 
Okay, I'm down for it. Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning it has Scott Atkins in it. So hey, I it's got more Dolph. It's got more Dolph Lundgren. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, all right. Dolph. Well, Kyle. Kyle. Yes. Yeah, so so Kyle is the other individual um, who listens to a decent quantity of black metal, and 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 like many of you who listened to last week's episode, to some degree knows the tale of the Norwegian black metal scene. And the first thing Kyle said to me when I saw him after the episode came out was, you forgot to talk about how much Dead hates cats. Yes. So I, I, part of the inspiration to bring Kyle on this week was so Kyle could go over his favorite fun facts from the, set, from the early 90s black metal scene in Norway. Because uh, Kyle, Kyle lavished me with detail. Details. Okay. So as Matt, me, Kyle. as Matt said... So Dead had a an irrational hatred of cats. Whenever he saw a cat, he sought out to kill it. Yeah, doesn't matter. Walking in the forest, he, sees a cat. He going try he to kill. kill it. He killed a lot of cats. What a fucking prick. Yep, oh yeah, no, Dead was as as we went over last week in a very serious tone. Ted was a deeply mentally ill man. Yeah. Why did he hate cats so much? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> he, he watched. He watched Bill and Ted's uh, bogus adventure, and the aliens from the future in that movie exclusively try to kill cats too. So maybe that's why. Maybe. But yeah, no. Oh, uh, Dead had dead cats hanging in his room, just casually. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that like that serial killer? Like. Well, yeah. Documentary yeah. film. <laughs> he, like, he's, he, if I, I, if if you remember from last week, Dead Dead is most famous for not only killing himself but also cutting his wrists so bad at a live show because he wanted to cover the front row in blood that he almost died. Had <laughs> members of the fan rip up their shirts and bandanas to tie his wrists back together, and then he still sang the rest of the set. Yep. What? Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, dead dead is the other side of the varg vikernes coin yep and just to give you a little bit more of a lens into his psyche his uh suicide note literally just said sorry for the blood cheers yeah wow. oh I, I can't believe i forgot that one that's one of my favorite like things in the world that he did i mean it's not my favorite thing but it's a great fun fact Yes, Kyle. Do you have any? Do you have any lavish fun facts? Or, or I would love to get your thoughts on any of the albums we talked about last week, or at the very least, your your feelings towards uh, like the three of the big of like the, the big five, or yeah, I say the big five of Norwegian black metal: Mayhem, um, Dark Throne, and Emperor. Do you have uh, Do you have strong opinions about any either of those bands? Yeah, I don't think you emphasize enough how big of assholes they were especially Euronymous. well yeah well yeah he's a he's a prick um yeah i i felt like you're very it was very understated how big of a prick he was and also leading up to his murder he was also what's it called very bad with money well and, yeah and, and that played a he's giant always, factor he was he was always bad with money yeah um, that played I a mean, factor with varg too yeah, well, yeah, Varg. So the the excuse Varg used was like financial and contract disputes because Euronymous's label had the rights to um, release uh, Varg's record, and Ereg from was considering releasing Varg's record, but thought he was too extreme. And then Nuclear Blast, who ended up releasing 
uh, more than one album by the band we're going to talk about today. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. Um, almost released it, and he used that contract dispute as a way to go after to get into Euronymous's apartment. Yep. But to your point about the money thing, that's what led to um, Helcovet closing. Was yeah, it was that, constantly was the in the mo- red. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that, he was fine with it because it was more so like he was like intentionally gatekeeping the store by not letting other people come in and like was super up his own ass about selling only true black metal but then he needed to make some money to pay rent yep um and then closed it after varg gave his initial uh interview with the reporter yep and he also strictly only spent his grandmother's money to keep the doors open yep Fun facts. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun <laughs> facts with Kyle. Everyone was a lot shittier than we made them out to be last week. <laughs> well, I'm, now we I was know. trying. I was trying to. That's why you got to listen to Fourth Times the Charm every week. Yeah, every every week is a brand new concept, uh, and this and this week is I was too nice to black metal nerds. Yep. Um, um and oh, so I'm, I'm not done. Oh, go, go, yeah. go, Kyle. Dark Throne, generally speaking, they're fine. They're very, even now, are still very true to black metal, uh, well, not wanting Fenris. to tour. <laughs> yeah, Fen- Fenris is like the, I, I thought of this after the episode where like Fen- Fenris is the, like Fenris and Varg were, were always very close, which means he's friends with a Nazi, which is problematic. But the the real benefit of Fenris is that he represents someone who truly believes in the history and the like musical theory of it. He is like the biggest nerd when it comes to like the music. He's not the biggest nerd. We're going to talk about the biggest nerd in Norwegian black metal today. Oh, we are. (laughs) are. (laughs) I have a lot to say about, about who we're talking about today. Um, But yeah, he, uh, you can, there's actually one of the most incredible things for any of you out there who want to learn about the history of black metal and about black metal in general is Fenris gave like an hour and 45 minute long lecture detailing the history of black metal at a university in, I think, Norway. And it's in English too. He fills up, he manages to fill up four entire chalkboards with details regarding the history, styles, and music of black metal, like going down to the notes the guitar sound, the drumming sound. It is one of the most incredible while also extremely dry presentations I've ever listened to. Beautiful. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Is Answer. trying to find structure within black metal to an extent a rejection of the foundation of black metal? Uh, no, because black metal by its foundation was a rejection of the structure of other genres. And so they created a new structure that was inherently pushing back against the structure of death metal at the time. And multiple Euronymouses uh, of releases from other labels and some of the interviews and scenes, he specifically shit talks certain uh, death metal producers. And even Fenris to this day thinks that Chuck, uh, for the of the band Death in Florida ruined death metal, uh, and in an interview he gave in 2013 goes, yeah, and then when that shit made it to Florida and they were just doing the same things the Swedes were doing, and Chuck ruined death metal, and then he looks into the camera like he's <laughs> really really upset, but then doesn't say anything and moves on. Okay, fair enough. Question answered. Moving yep. on. And 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 we'll see today that the uh, black metal musicians, especially. 
Dark Throne wear their influences right on their sleeves. Yep. They are very, very, very clearly all Venom, Celtic, Frost, and, and today's big band of influence is Bathory. Ooh, Bathory. Bathory. Mm, is that yes. named after the queen? It <laughs> is named after, uh, after one Miss Elizabeth Bathory. Mm. Um, and as you all saw today, someone likes to spit fire in music videos. And guess who did that all the time? <laughs> Bathory. <Queen Elizabeth. laughs> no not it wasn't queen elizabeth it was elizabeth bathory she was queen, ah. she was she was queen bathory oh, okay. yeah and there was also a giant rivalry between swedish black metal and norwegian black metal where the norwegian black metal heads called the swedish black metal heads fucking posers yes well they wow. were also all like symphonic and pretty true That's were like, they posers yeah. then there's emperor too opinion? but Emperor's awesome. Yeah, I know, but it's like that connotation's very hypocritical. Which is also yeah, part I would of try it. Yeah, which is also part of Varg's problem with Euronymous, um, with all the fame that was coming to Euronymous. Because the whole thing about being yeah. black metal is staying underground and not being famous. Well and and but that, that that fame didn't reach the point that it was it was going to until after Euronymous's death. And and then and but Varg's mission was to make black metal more popular and there's a famous quote from Euronymous. I thought it was the other way around. That, other way around. I thought it was no, Euronymous was trying to make it more famous over no, Varg. No, no, no. Varg, Varg, Varg was... Euronymous wanted it to be successful so he could live and keep making music. Varg wanted black metal to become an international movement, which is why he did the two interviews that he did. It's why the... Uh, which is what led to the original investigations and the eventual arresting of Faust and his connection to the church burnings was because Varg was trying to do a publicity stunt to get better record sales on Flotsam. Oh, yeah. Oh, and... And Euronymous speaking... was fucking pissed about that, by the way, which is a, a one of the main reasons that Euronymous's parents made him close Heltvec um, was because of the police attention. And he knew if the store that all of the black metal people who were getting blamed for all the crimes they committed if like the place where they all hung out was still open eventually the police were going to show up and so they closed the store true and speaking of faust there's also uh theories that uh he was also gay that's why he was in that neighborhood at the time yeah to, yeah. yeah i i briefly mentioned that there's a yeah there's a rumor that he was leaving a gay bar that night and, what? oh wow and it is part of why he ended up killing um i think yorn magnan magner magnuson sorry for yep misremembering your name sir oh and i forgot one last thing too uh you i remember you mentioning the skull fragments of quote unquote yes. skull there was also the, a theory, the rumors yeah the rumors there's also a rumor that they were actually just chicken bones yeah that's yeah <laughs> which okay. which is equally so 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 monty so so yeah dad kills himself and euronymous is notorious for having gone and collected pieces of his skull from the suicide and then handed those out to the true members of the black circle in Norway. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that was all some serial killer like shit. Like really crazy stuff, man. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it, it was all bad, but oh yeah. So, so Kyle, what, what are your thoughts on emperor? Emperor. They only, yeah, they're they're, emperor. Th they are the pioneers of symphonic black metal. Yeah, yeah, and they they do do it super well. What if you had to if you had to rank them in, in terms of pure enjoyment between Mayhem, Dark Throne, and Emperor? What's your tier list here? Uh, uh they're a tier, not quite S. No, I, I, I know, but how how would you rank them in comparison to just each other? Uh, number two. For who? Uh, Emperor's number two. Number one is gonna be Mayhem. 
Wow, to, uh, Dark speak, Throne's last. Uh, Dark Throne. I, I I can't get into Dark I Throne. Can, That's my I, issue. I, I I can I can agree with with a lot of that. See, for me, for me, uh, it's it's Dark Throne, Mayhem Emperor. Even though I like Symphonic Black Metal a lot, I I really, especially for the early '90s, think Dark Throne has like a very special kind of, ugh, like yeah. like to it. There's something something really tremendous about Fenrez's writing. No, and his writing's great. Know, I, it's just I I just can't. It's just the airiness that gets to me, like all the reverb. Mm. That's my I, issue. I I like Kyle's rankings here. Is that do you agree, Ben? Do you, I'll, do you I'll co-sign with Kyle. Sweet. Uh, but we do have another album to discuss today. Ooh. Matt, are you willing to take us to school? <laughs> oh, it's ready, and it's time for your second lesson of heavy education. Now, in our ding, first ding. episode of heavy education, we brought to wow. We brought you the, the origins of second wave black metal in Norway, arguably the most popular, most famous, and most influential black metal scene in the world to this day. Now, we were only able to really cover three of those bands. As we mentioned, Emperor, Mayhem, and Dark Throne. Now, we briefly touched on Burzum, um, but won't be talking about them today. But we will Fucking be talking... They're not as good as the others anyway, so... Well, okay. Uh, um... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, listened to let me, what I listened to their album. I didn't like as much as the other three. I respect that. I will. I will say that that Burzum's what Varg Vikernes brought to black metal outside of the racism um, is one of the most tremendously influential things on modern black metal. I'll say he's a lot num- of. I'll say he's number two when it comes to most influential. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's definitely. If Euronymous is like the godfather, is like the is like the god of black metal, then um, uh, Varg was John the Baptist. He doesn't get Jesus. I'm not giving him that credit. That Jesus was dead. Yeah, he died. He died and was resurrected for our sins. And it did take Euronymous three days to get into the to, into the house. Um, now today on Heavy Education, I want to bring you one of the other most important bands of the early black metal scene a a band that to me truly captures the fun and safe end of black metal a a group that said they didn't burn down churches because the, the norwegian government would make them pay for it in taxes a group that has harshly refuted talking about satan has harshly refused to talk about politics because they don't want to get killed or go to jail they just want to have a good fucking time and everyone knows them for their silly faces, the funny laughs, and all of the memes that have come from it. Today we are talking about the amazing, the hilarious, the incredible, the fast, Immortal. The Immortal is a band that formed in 1991 by two two primary members, which is the famous Abath Doom Occulta, which was his full stage name, and Demonon's uh, Demonaz Doom Occulta. Um, these two members were actually well known for being in a band called Old Funeral with a few important people that you might recognize, such as Varg Vikernes himself. Um, they also played and, and had instrumental roles with members like Hellhammer, Armageddon, and Grimm. Uh, Hellhammer famously being the drummer for um, Mayhem as well. 
And across their time together, they had a very similar path to um, Dark Throne, where uh, they wanted to make death metal. They wanted to make extreme music together. And they were all sad and alone in Sweden. I mean, in non-Sweden. Ooh. And they were sad and alone in Norway. And the cold, dark depths of, of the woods, see, looking at mountains and being sad boys. And just like Dark Throne, they met and were influenced by a few people primarily Euronymous and Varg, who were deeply embroiled in the rising black metal scene. And in 1991, we saw the first full-length release by Immortal, Diabolical Full Moon Mysticism. Now, Diabolical Full Moon Mysticism is the first um, release by Immortal, but very similarly to why we talked about the second release from Dark Throne. This album was raw and very straightforward, but the sound hadn't yet been perfected. There wasn't a purity to the rawness yet. Um, There was still rough around the edges. They were still kind of a death metal band, um, but they were really being heavily influenced by Euronymous and Varg, who were pushing them to continue to push uh, black metal out. And in 1993, the same year as the death of our, our famous dead, Oh, no, not dead. The same year as the death of Euronymous, we got the release of one of my favorite black metal albums of the 90s. Arguably, maybe my favorite. Pure Holocaust. Distinctly not anti-Semitic, despite the name. Um, Pure Holocaust is the second release from Immortal and is famous for uh, Abath taking the role of drummer throughout the album as well as playing bass and songwri- and doing songwriting for the album alongside Demonaz, um, who was on guitar and main lyrical writing. Now, another thing, as I mentioned before about Immortal, and we'll get into it with these albums, is they distinctly stayed away from anything political. They specifically write and talk about cold, wintry darkness that was inspired by where they grew up. So Demonaz was the one who primarily wrote the lyrics for the band, and a lot of their music is all actually based in the same fantasy realm known as Blashkrak, which is said to be a, a world of demons and battles and is a fusion of Gothic, Norwegian, Norwegian and heroic tales. And it, most of the uh, lyrics for Immortal were written while Demonaz was walking alone in Bergen, looking at trees and mountains as he wrote about the cold, eternal, dark, and evilness of the world around him. Now, as 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 Kyle and Ben know, I don't take black metal too seriously. I love it, and I really appreciate it, but when black metal is at its best to me, to a degree, is when it's at its silliest, when it's willing to embrace itself as like a nerdy, over-the-top thing, where you really don't need to take everything you're doing hyper-seriously outside of the musical performance. And Immortal is the band that really birthed that. And I believe, I, and to me, I firmly feel that their place in history shows how that, even from the onset, people were just having fun. And Immortal continues to have fun to this day. And Kyle, I have a question for you. Shoot. How do you, how do you wash off corpse paint? You take a bath. Ooh! Boom, I'm walking out. Oh Good night, guys. How, how, do, how do you beat how do you beat up Nazis with a bat, which is how you say it in Norwegian. Let's go. 
Um, so, so with those wonderful <laughs> puns, uh, I would like to go to Ben first to tell me what you thought of 1993's Pure Holocaust. Underwhelmed. Wow. Woo. Yeah. I guess you, um, you did start with the three other amazing albums. So, like, I, so I, I always listen to the albums without any knowledge if I can help mm-hmm. it unless like I'm listening to it and I love it to the point where I try to learn more about the artist as it happens um so I listened to this and I was like this feels so much less intense and so much less it it it, it I guess less intense is the best word for it it felt mm-hmm. It felt less dark, you know. Really? Uh, to me, at least, yeah. I I feel like, to me, it feels like this is the band that all other black metal bands listen to, and we're like, oh, we can't do mayhem, but we can do this. The the and, funny thing with that statement is that's what they did, but with Bursum. So okay, um. Wow. But it's, I, I, I was listening to the album, and to be fair, the album picks up. I'd say the last mm-hmm. third of the album is better than the first two thirds. It's, I will say, uh, it is a backloaded album. I'll agree with yeah, that. Yeah, storming through red clouds and Holocaust, blah blah blah. The the name of the song's really long. That's probably the high point of the album for me, and it really storming picks through up red there. clouds and Holocaust winds. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that that's great fantastic song but as a whole on the album it just felt less intense to me it felt mm. like it, it felt like when wrestling broke kayfabe you know and okay. it's like because it's like you know the first few albums like, like part of the magic of mayhem is that to a large extent it was a shoot you know well what and what in what regard do you mean I, just the fact that, you know, they're talking about death and whatever, and, like, they're actually doing that shit, you know? Sure. sure. I, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not expecting every single black metal band to be, so, you so, know, so is what you're themselves saying, of blood and shit, and, but I'm saying that when I'm, when I listen to Mayhem, like, I feel that sort of sense of impending mortality is, is is what i is what i'm hearing from you is that that you think mayhem is more true cult than immortal yes i i can respect that i can respect I, that i the um, this album felt posery to me whoa 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 like in comparison yeah you can't listen to this and mayhem back to back and tell yes, me that this feels just as metal as mayhem, does. I I I disagree with you completely. I um, I just didn't I, I, I just I, didn't feel it. Like even the wow. I mean the easiest example are the vocals. The vocals are Abath has has one, some like, of the most famous vocals in black metal history. He sounds not, like Kermit I'm, the Frog being stabbed in the throat. They're not bad, but like <laughs> compare that to Attila. Like yeah, I, but Attila's like, Dutch doesn't fucking matter you use what brought you to the dance pal you know like attila's shit is like otherworldly demonic i've seen some shit shit you know this Mm -hmm. is 
It feels like standard black metal. I'm not saying any of this is bad, you know. I mean, it obviously is good. It has a long-standing following. It's better than a lot of black metal albums. That's for sure. I've, I've listened to over the last several years, right? I'm not saying that this is bad, but I'm saying that as someone who really appreciated the purity and the intense, just like overwhelming darkness mm. of Mayhem, this in comparison sort of feels like we're going on vacation well so, i mean i mean a little to, bit to a degree I, and, black, and i feel like immortal immortal does have the reputation of being the easy listening of black metal yeah i definitely of got the second that wave then so they, like, they were pretty they were pretty siloed i mean like abath is takes the shit out of black metal constantly yeah so like i'm not i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying i even disliked it but I'm saying that from the highs of Mayhem and, like, what they defined black metal as, I find it almost disappointing, maybe, mm. that this is the follow-up. Where I was like, Well, remember, it, this, this is 93, it, so this is prior to D-Mysterious. God, um, see, that's, but so, that's after, so... But after A Blaze in the Northern Sky. So this is... So, so, this it's, album, so it's in line with it, then. Yeah, it's in line with so this this album and uh, pure moonlight mysticism or diabolical moon uh, full moon mysticism both predate De Mysterious uh, okay. De Santanas, though they are after um, they are after Death Crush and they are after the 1990 show uh, where Dead nearly killed himself. Uh, I believe Abath or Demonaz, one of the two of them, was at that show. Um, and is partially what influenced them to transition to black metal away from death metal. So you they are what? they are a band like Dark Dark Fort like Dark Throne that was directly influenced by Euronymous and the Black Circle, despite their they them distancing themselves from that kind of collective mentality a bit. Okay, I I, I figured out the best example to get my point across. Okay. Okay. The reason why I don't like Davy Richards the wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> fucking christ okay his his characters he's like the ultimate technical wrestler 100 percent heart davy richards he's that's the, brian danielson the, though the the technical powerhouse no one can beat him 10 minutes into his match last night he stops the guy he's wrestling and he points to one side of the crowd for them to cheer and then he points to the other side of the crowd to cheer. Oh no. And then he starts he spends like 30 seconds being like who's going to cheer more is it going to be you? I'm like you are supposed to be Kyle. God's gift to technical wrestling. Kyle. Yes. I've and, I've I have fully succeeded. And, and, Ben's officially and a black metal elitist. And then you're pushing for around. That's He's you're officially mayhem, you're officially an elitist and I'm so proud. All I'm saying is that if you're going to do it, then then do it. You know, I mean, like, these guys are good. I'm not trying to put them down. But I'm saying that if you're going to be in the same category as Mayhem. Sure. You know, like. I will you know, say it, there, there there is a reason I didn't pick this out. I picked Dark Throne and Emperor over this. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, out of the four we've listened to, or I guess, I guess five with Borsum. This would be my fifth. This this would be definitely my fifth on on the list. 
Well, well, so Ben, with with what what do you rank this album on our zero out of four charms, and what do you give it on a zero out of five technical scale? Uh, I I probably give it probably give it a four out of five technically. Oh wow, okay. And then like a then like a three out of four charms so so high i expected a much lower charm rating no no it's very good it's it's hard to like well no but the chart the charm scale is about like your personal enjoyment of it like how much it enticed you i mean i didn't dislike it it's just that you went from you know the you gotta understand the the, greatest black metal album of all time yeah the mayhem album probably has my favorite vocals of of any black metal album yeah I I, res- I respect that that opinion. At- Attila's performance on Demysterious is like nothing else. He sounds like a vengeful spirit being like having his soul ripped out. Yeah, he really does. And then when you throw in the fact that Dead died, yeah. it's like it adds more to the mythos of it. Sure. You know? I mean that's like some fucking magical shit. You know, this wasn't magical. It was fine. Well, Kyle. Yes. I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, pure Holocaust. And I guess since Ben has so strongly put his flag in the ground, I would like you to compare it to Mayhem as much as you can. <laughs> you can't really compare the two. That's the problem. I, okay, I agree with you, Kyle. Now please talk about your opinions <laughs> of pure Holocaust. Um. So when I, so today I listened to it for the first time. So... And when I first started listening to it, I thought the first two songs were not good whatsoever. The first song just wow. so- the first song sounded like just a pure wall of noise. I only could hear the wall of noise and the drums. Drums were great. That's basically and dr- drums. Drums by a bath. Yes, which why they're great. Uh, you were bathed in them. Yes. The second song I thought ended very abruptly. And yes. it just it, a sign of a Norse, a Nor, uh, of a uh, this a sign for the Norse horde to ride. Yeah, it does end pretty quickly. It it it's not quickly; it's very abrupt, and mm-hmm. it left me wanting more. And it, it it literally sucked the air out of the song for me. It okay. was it was not good. Um, things didn't really pick back up until uh, "Frozen by Ice Winds." Because of that yeah. very, very whimsical solo at the end with uh, the whammy bars just going crazy, sounding like fucking aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's a good moment. It is. And after that, it everything really smoothed out. And it is very bottom heavy, like you said before. Um, yeah, yeah. Stor- storming through red clouds and Holocaust winds is really the, the moment in which the album tra- transitions from being, in my opinion, good to being great. Yeah, it yeah. actually like woke me up a bit. Yeah, I, I was really falling off it hard, and then that music kicked in. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it kicks and, in and, fast and hard, and it's great. And, and some people will argue that "Battles in the North" um, is is this album yet again perfected. But for me, uh, where I differentiate between uh, you two is that looking at what Mayhem did, and looking at what Dark Throne did, and to some what, extent, what about Emperor, Monty? What's he chop liver? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think Monty listened to the whole album, so I was gonna. I was gonna bring Monty in when we talked about uh, the the music video. I can actually say that I, I, okay. I never listened to the other albums, but based on the sound that I've heard 
I really did enjoy it, actually. Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, you know, I, it, it really... It's... Yeah, I, I guess the way Ben put it, I, I, I agree with what Ben said about this album. It has a very interesting catch uh, that really got me into it. And <clears throat> for me, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a novice when it comes to, you know, black metal and everything but it did uh it did give me it did trigger me to start going into all the the stuff that i used to listen to um you know when, when it comes to these type of music and um i know it's nowhere near to the level that you you guys uh how you guys appreciate it but it did um it did leave it did open up some stuff for me that I had to go back and, and start to listen to the other stuff that I, I used to listen. So it really, um, interesting enough, before you, you, you shared this album, Matt, uh, I was actually going through the stuff that I grew up with that I consider was hard at the time. Like, you know, so what, White, White Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Slipknot, yeah. and stuff like that. Of course, My yes, old I, stomp I get it. Grass. Those are... Those are like you know mainstream stuff that. But every 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 metalhead goes through has that experience. I mean, I grew up going to Slipknot and Marilyn Manson shows. I've seen Slipknot live five times and Marilyn Manson four. So I I I respect it. I know, and I've seen Rob Zombie like six times. And then what? Where that journey took me to was to the most recent band, um, Ghost. And I was like, wow. And then I came back to Immortal. I'm just like, this is actually pretty good. Like, I really did enjoy it. And then, so I kept on going back and forth with Immortal and then the old school stuff that I listened to and the new stuff that I discovered, which is Ghost, which I, I don't know. There's something about that band that really, you know, I call it maybe it's the theatrics that they the oh they, yeah they it's pure on, theatric. Well, that's, it, that's, it's so Ghost fun a, to watch. Ghost and is it a reminds band that took a like, lot from black metal too. Oh, yeah, and, with with their themes and their presentation and their their makeup, everything they did. A lot of what they did was inspired by black metal, but the music is presented in this like cleaner theatrical way in line yeah, with like an Alice like, Cooper. Yeah, and but for me, what caught my attention with Ghost was. Um, it just because I'm a movie guy, I, I it, it reminds me a lot of the the old uh, Fauci, Fauci movies. Uh, the the theme he gets, but going back and forth, it, this one really does like add the the heart hardness into the music. So when I was putting the playlist together, I was sliding these in, and yeah, no, I have to say this is a really good album and it's really good mix to throw into my playlist so yeah i'm i'm glad i'm glad immortal was the band you came in with because what what i was going to say is that and some people do say you know like immortal as a band is the like an introductory black metal band especially Mm -hmm. as their sound changes so what we see on this first on this second release um is a basically a pure black metal album it is stripped down there's not much else going on there's not as much character as you see as ben said as you see in mayhem 
Um, there's maybe not as much technicality as you see from Dark Throne. And there's not the kind of uniqueness that is exemplified by Emperor taking the more symphonic, more synth, synth direction with it. But to me, what makes this album and makes especially early Immortal so impressive is that their dedication to doing the sound to its fullest. Um, I think across all of black metal, um, this album has some of the most ferocious drumming. Um, I think that's not the same case with some of their later albums, but on this album in particular, um, Abath's drumming is one of the most captivating things in the early I half like of the call album. That, uh, drum fucking. Yeah, he does. He does <laughs> drum fuck. He is fast. He is brutal. Um, he plays this very intense and shockingly well mixed album. This is an album where I I really feel like every aspect of the album is recorded in a way with consideration for the whole experience. Now, now I got a question actually before you go on. Like, I'm actually shocked. This is their second studio album. Yep. And I'm just wondering, like, do you guys notice any change in their style? Uh, compared to their more recent albums yes so immortal immortal has uh, like many of these bands has gone through some stylistic shifts now yeah, yeah what primarily happened is that the main core of immortal has always been abath and demonaz demonaz mm-hmm. was the main writer for all the guitar riffs and a majority or at least a a good portion of the lyrics a bath did all the bass and all the drums he also did all the rhythm guitar and wrote some of the lyrics as well but after the release of uh battles in the north um demonaz had a broken shoulder and began to experience um tonight uh tinnitus in his hands um and he was no longer able to play live with the band and eventually Abath took over all instrumental roles. He took over the vocals, the guitar, the bass, the synthesizer, um, all of the non-lyrical songwriting. Um, and then they brought in a drummer named Horn, um, who is now very well known as, as a member of, of the band. But when, when um, Abath took over the guitar work for Immortal, the sound shifted very much into a blending of German thrash which was a big, big influence on a both um, mixed with black metal. So as the band progresses, there is a pretty noticeable stylistic shift that occurs. Oh, um, okay. And that, that shift is even more apparent when you look at De- uh, Demonaz's and Abbas solo work. So a both now performs under his own name after some legal stuff that we'll get in, we can get into later. Um, and his sound, you can tell, is very different from what was originally being produced by him and Demonaz together. And I think this this album, Pure Holocaust, is a great example of Demonaz's like enjoyment of the traditional uh, black metal sound, the tremolo picking, the that high pitched whining mixed in with the occasional like nice kind of soloy guitar work, um, and with. A bath just playing exclusively brutally fast um, blast beats that don't sound tinny or typewritery. Um, where if you go and listen to um, arguably their most popular album, uh, being um, uh, where did it go? 
uh, being Battles in the North or At the Heart of Winter or Sons of Dark. Yeah, if you go and listen to Sons of Darkness, the drums sound so dramatically different. The kind of washed out fuzziness that the, the double bass has on this album is replaced by this like typewriter like instead of like the that we get on this album um which is interesting and a lot of these bands have shifted over time because you we also have to remind everybody these people were like 20 years old when they made these albums um these are people very very early on in their career um but have now gone on to be hugely successful uh members of the community Oh, and so, okay. so, so Kyle and Monty, what would you guys rate this album on a scale of one to five based on pure quality and on a scale of zero to four based on how much it charmed you? Kyle. Uh, so I'll say 3.95 out of five. And Kyle. I got to break the scale a little bit. Sorry. And for nice Dave Meltzer move. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, Meltzer was at the PWG show last night. Oh. Did you meet him? Yeah, I, I've met him before. We're talking about black metal. Kyle, how many charms? So they'll equate to what? Three out of four? Well, no. So your, your, your rating on out of four is different than your rating out of five. Your rating out of four is based on how charmed you were by the album. Oh, so it, like it, there it, are it. plenty, there are plenty of movies that Ben and I give a four out of four charms and a two out of five. Okay. So based on influence of what i see nowadays and, yeah, and how it made what, you feel and how it made me feel and seeing the progression now i would say four out of four yes yes kyle i fucking agree with you uh monty and what did you how would you, would you what would you give an official rating for this album let's say four out of five fantastic and how it. charmed were you i'm actually pretty charmed i'd say give it four out of four yeah, I, I also put a four out of four on this album. And a big part of why this album has been immortalized and uh, the band Immortal has been immortalized is the greatest music video in black metal history. The most joyous time. And if you don't like black metal, if you listened to last week's episode and you were like, Nah, I mean, I, I'm not going to listen to these these nerds scream about Satan. Go and watch the video for Call of the Winter Moon. Because let me tell you, it is one of the greatest things you'll ever watch. Monty, can you tell us what happens in the video for Call of the Winter Moon? I, I don't know. It's very interesting at how it's shot and there's a lot of like there's a guy that keeps like uh, you know blowing up flames and stuff yeah, that's, that's a bop that's a bop he's just walking around spitting fire in the woods it's fucking awesome <laughs> well i love it and it reminds me of i'm still trying to uh, look up the video but there's something about this video that i really find interesting and how it's shot and it reminds me of another. It reminds me of the Blair like, Witch Project, honestly. Kinda, yeah, it does. It has that feel to it. But I really like how it is shot, and, and it's just pretty. You're, every every few seconds, you're gonna see a guy like 
spit fire. <laughs> There's a guy in a in a speared Halloween wizard hat doing surprise <laughs> yeah. jump scares in a yeah. video about black. And they just like randomly. It's oh, I fucking love this video. I've watched this thousands of times. I think <laughs> Ben Ben, how, what did you think of Call of the Winter Moon? I was already sort of sour that this wasn't mayhem, so this didn't do much for me. I, I mean, Aww. like for for taking the piss out of it conceptually. No, thing, at, at the time, this was dead serious. What really? makes what makes this video amazing is this was genuine. This wasn't oh. meant to be a joke. This was just what they thought would represent them as black metal artists being evil in the woods of Norway. I'm yeah, I'm like too close to film school people in seeing their serious attempts at film for they, me to get too much enjoyment most, out of it. Most this. serious attempts of film are substantially worse than this video. True. Well, I'm just curious, I mean, like, I mean, why it, didn't they it, shoot it, this it, at night? It would have been awesome, actually. Well, because then you couldn't see <laughs> couldn't it. Couldn't see anything. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have good enough cameras. It took Jordan Peele's nope to finally film good things at night. <laughs> true. Touché. And, and, and I know, and Kyle didn't get a chance to watch this video, but... Kyle did has watched a video that is almost more synonymous than this video. Goddamn and, right. And it, it's the Black Satans who uh, made a video. Wow, the original video has been taken down. What? It's not. It's not on YouTube anymore. What? Maybe they blocked you. I, I have to look this up. <laughs> Give me a second. No, like that. Yeah, the only one I'm seeing is like a redub of. Oh wait, no, I found it. Yeah, sorry. It's no longer like the mo- it's like super down in the mix now. But if you if you if you want a taste of how modern black metal fans feel about this video, you need to go and watch the Black Satans, the Satans of Hell, which is what this video is fully realized, where it's just a bunch of dudes in the woods jumping around in the snow and being evil it is <laughs> it is the best shit in the world i think because a lot of black metal takes itself far too seriously and 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 ben ben is ending up right at the moment examining what what was so mystical and powerful about the genre i, at the time. I feel i feel Ben's, like i'm going through this journey the right way you yeah you 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 you've gone full circle back to black metal elitism and i'm i'm all here for it um and you know and for a lot of black metal fans ben like what you're experiencing everything is just trying to live up to demysterious um almost everything is trying to live up to transylvanian hunger everything is trying to live up to what this what euronymous varg dead um uh aboth uh Fenris, Demonaz, Faust, and all of these guys created in the early scene the purity, the rawness, the genuine, unaltered expression of artistic endeavor. The fact that it was something truly being created from a set of disparate influences that provided themes, aesthetic, a drum sound here, a guitar sound there, and a deep personal desire to make something different and new that led to the evolution and birth of black metal. And what what you have found, it seems, that is that what Mayhem did with Demysterious was that sound exemplified to its truest form. It's perfected. You know, that's what Aronimus always wanted was his album to be perfect. He was notoriously a perfectionist 
re-recording songs. And and yeah, and a lot of people agree with you that he did it. But what I what I really and I love that album too. But what I what I really really love is when people can have fun within that. I think Immortal is being very genuine. They are being true and being cult and everything in between. But their expression of it was different. You know, it's it's fun because when you watch interviews with Aboth after shows, I, I shared I shared a video with you guys. You can tell how much fun he's having. He's genuinely happy to be making music and sharing it with people. He's one of the few black metal artists in this early scene that you say you hear him say um, in their video from ninety uh, their uh, their live video called "Live at Fuck Christ Tour '93." You you get to see about in a general moment before they last song, everyone is chanting immortal, immortal. And he looks in the crowd and goes, thanks. every Like he says, like, thanks everybody. Like he breaks kayfabe for a second because there is no kayfabe for him. He's not playing a character. Aboth is just Aboth all the fucking time. He was just being unabashedly himself where people like, uh, like Aronimus and like Varg, we're also being very genuine to themselves, but they were trying to push things as far as possible. And uh, Immortal and Abath and Demonaz made a conscious effort to not be caught up in all of that stuff and to just focus on the evil and the themes and the art that was coming out of it. It's not as not as genuinely soulful potentially as with some of those other black metal bands, but they do have a genuine sense for the artistic exploration of black metal and of creating a fantasy world because this is escapism for them they they weren't they weren't pissed off at the world they weren't fighting against it they were escaping into their own evil cold dark fantasy as a way of feeling happy um and as a way of chasing the dream of one day being as big as venom wow (laughs) well said that was- and that's and that's immortal everybody now immortal does have a pretty tremendous here uh history and i i would be uh remiss to mention it they notoriously changed their sound after demon Oz, um stopped playing guitar and a bath took over everything um there was the um in 1999 the sort of drummer for the band grim um committed suicide um God. and this <laughs> another one uh, and this made some, uh, difficulties for the band for a while until, um, that, uh, in, until the band really kind of came back together. But in 2003 through 2007, the band broke up for their first time. Um, and there's a really famous quote in early of June, 2006, um, with, uh, um, that a bath demonaz and horn had decided to resurrect immortal and start touring again in 2007 and Abath is quoted as saying this and if this will really tell you how he feels about things i don't really want to say it but i don't give a shit we will come back stronger than ever i've met with horn for the first time in over a year he built his new house here right around the corner in the next few days we'll begin to rehearse our old blizzard beast classics which is a deadpan album um, I'm already really hot on an idea. Immortal or timeless frost. One year or less doesn't make any difference. And we will all, we will have all the time in the world. And so you saw Immortal come back, but it was Aboth and everyone kind of in this kind of disdain for one another. And, and the tensions between Aboth and Demonaz were at the forefront. And in 2014, 
uh, we saw that really come to the head where a trademark battle came down between Aboth and Demonos for who, who really was immortal. And we primarily have Aboth's side of the thing. Um, uh, and he left the band and went on to form his own solo project just called Aboth. Yep. Um, and kind of has become both synonymous for what he's released on his own, but also kind of a laughing stock because he's like shown up to multiple shows, like passed out half drunk um, in the last couple of years. And he's, he's made a, after like a few notable instances where he was like, des- like desperately fucked up on stage, he kind of like was like, oh, I'm going to clean my shit up and come back. But even then the, the legacy of the man as an individual has kind of been warped by all of the legal battles, the horn, uh, horn leaving the band again and, all this other shit. Um, and now Demonaz is still running um, Immortal. He got, he won the legal battle. He has the rights to the trademark. Just him, um, by the released... way. Huh? Just him, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. just him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Abath has nothing. Like he's, he's working on a new album that's coming out next year. So. Yep, yeah. So yeah. They, they released um, in 2018, they released, Nor- uh, he released Northern Chaos Gods. And yeah, we're on the precipice. Uh, on actually on October twenty fourth, uh, they announced their tenth studio album, "War Against All." Um, it should be coming out next year. And the only member, as Kyle mentioned, is Demonaz. Yep. Um, doing all of the music. Well, you know, I gotta say, it takes a little bit out of their fun loving persona if they all hate each other and kill themselves. My <laughs> only yeah. only one person killed themselves and he was a side drummer who didn't write any music. So really, I mean Yeah, oh, it's actually yeah. just really sad. So and- yeah, I, I I found the music video. Have you guys heard of a uh, a band called Death in Vegas? Uh no. Nope. No. Nope. Oh, okay. You guys, so the video that that it's, it's unavailable in the United States. Oh, really? Are you serious? Okay, if you look up the music video "Death in Vegas," uh, and the song is called Aisha A I S H A. Yeah, the video the video is not available in the United States. What the heck? Can you YouTube it or find? I, it? I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm not finding it on YouTube. Oh! When you look it up, there's just a there's a video from a live performance. Oh my gosh! Oh man! Uh, I gotta show you guys. This Why movie. is this only in Canada? Uh, it's oh, because it's it's, of... it's 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 owned by uh, uh, Vivo. Oh, I was gonna say it's owned by Varg. And I think it could be due to the not like crazy nudity, but there oh, are hell some, yeah. there are some boobs. And in. Canada, we. You're allowed to show boobs on TV. So. Can- Canada has a a more healthy mindset. But the yeah, body. the video it's Barca. interesting. It's uh, it's like a kind of a well, Death in Vegas is an electronica rock ish band, um, and I I really love them. They're they're part of the indie uh, indie electronica scene. And, oh, cool! Uh, yeah, and they did this video, and interesting enough, the vocals in this song is actually uh, Iggy Pop. That's right. Oh, cool! You found it. Yeah, I found I found it. 
yeah. the amazing Iggy, Iggy Pop, no less. So, yeah, but that video, that's not the music video. The music video, Matt, I think you'll oh. enjoy. It's it's basically this girl running through the forest, and the forest scene, how they shot it, is kind of like the same. It looks like the same forest that, that Immortal oh, hell yeah. did theirs. And basically, it's just her, and she's running. She's only wearing a, a red um i guess you know a red shirt or, or a dress blouse blouse and and stockings and she's just running as if someone is trying to kill her oh, and shit. it's very intense but i i'll i won't spoil it for you if you ever do find that video online on the internet it, it the ending is a very interesting twist so <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it unspoiled for our fans out there yeah but it is um that anyways yeah that's to my point is that the music video that you shared from mm-hmm. immortals it, it that was the first mu- uh, music video that popped in my head that i had to find so well, and and the influence of black metal is across all genres yeah. um even yeah. even canadian electronica featuring Iggy pop I, I, you well, know, it, yeah. Iggy Pop really is the Abath of live rock music. True. Actually, you well, know, Death in Vegas is an American band, actually. Uh, it's all Canada. <laughs> well, well, we'll research this for next time. I want to thank Kyle for taking the time out of his day to, to come on here. Uh, you really helped, I think, color and give maybe a more balanced viewpoint of the early black metal scene. So I'm glad we could get your thoughts, not just on immortal but also the albums we discussed last week this week was a very nice compendium piece yes a little yes. nice nice addendum it's a attachment it's, it's the, to last week's episode the, this was office hours last week yes. was the main lecture and this was office hours and so next week we are going to talk about something i am sure um, and we're going to need to talk about a lot of stuff enough to fill two weeks because Thanksgiving is just around the corner. So oh, yeah, from right. Kyle, Matt, <laughs> Monty, I am Ben. Thank you for listening. This has been fourth times the charm. Good night and good morning. Don't forget to do your homework. Bye guys. Please send <laughs> two 90s black metal albums to your professor. Always. Follow us on Instagram. Hit us up. Rate us five stars. Win the competition. Have a good evening. Talk to y'all later. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs>